Welcome to the Calvary Podcast. Get ready to dive into an inspiring message. Our aim is to share teachings that bring transformation and hope to your life. So, open your heart, be ready to listen, and prepare for a powerful encounter with the Word. Let's get started. Well, I want to share a message with you today. It's somewhat in line with uh, the Finish Strong series I'm doing, but I entitled this message, The Eve of Favor. This is Christmas Eve, and I want us to go back and look at the events around Christmas Eve, and I want you to think about that, not from our perspective, but what it may have looked like to Mary. She didn't know what was about to happen. You know, we have the the privilege of looking back, and we look at Christmas Eve, and it's a wonderful time, and we celebrate some things, but we know some things she didn't know. All right, and maybe you can connect and resonate with some of the thoughts and emotions, feelings that she was going through. So let's first begin. Let's on this message, the eve of favor. Let's look in Luke chapter one and begin reading in verse number twenty-six. Let's follow along. Would you do that? In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph. Now she was a virgin. She was engaged. She wasn't married yet, all right? So the angel comes to her. Joseph was a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, greetings. He says this to her twice. This is where I get the title, the eve of favor. So what does the angel tell her immediately? The angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found, here it is again, favor with God. That's significant, okay? So uh, he says to her, you will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. Then uh, an appropriate question. Verse 34. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin. The angel answered. If you have an impossibility, this ought to be your verse today. If you have a promise and you've gotten to the place in your life and you're saying, I don't know how you're going to do this, God. If you're looking at an impossibility and you're saying, I just don't understand. If you feel like God's given you a dream or a call or a purpose and you don't know how it's going to happen, you've tried and it hasn't worked, I have an answer for you. I have a solution for you. How does God do the things we can't do? Verse 35, the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God, even Elizabeth. Your relative is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be barren. How many are ready for your title to change? How many want to know what God says and what do people say about you? See, everybody called her barren. The one that was called, the, the one they say is barren. Well, I've got some news for you, Mary. She's in her sixth month. Okay? Why? And I have the I have the... Look, this is for no God, no word from God will ever fail. But the original translation of the NIV says this. Are you ready? It says, for nothing is impossible with God. For nothing is impossible with God. For no word from God will ever fail. 
That's another translation. Why is nothing impossible with God? Because no word from God will ever fail. If God says it's going to happen. And then look at verse 38. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. And then the angel left her. So this was the announcement. Let's, let's fast forward about nine months. And let's bear with me. Let's say it was uh, 2,023 years ago on December 24th. Now, I know some of you theologians like to debate that. Uh, but as, as far as I'm concerned, I'll let the theologians debate it, and I'm just going to believe it. <laughs> so, Pastor, what are you talking about? Well, every once in a while, I'll read some treatise, some, some I think, person with too much time on their hands. Uh, and, and they'll say, well, how do we know Christmas was December 25th? How do we know? And I, I've read, you know, I've read their, their books and their theories and They'll say, well, you know, uh, the Bible says the shepherds were out in their field watching the sheep. Well, if it was December and cold, they, they wouldn't be out in the field watching their sheep. Well, somebody had to watch the sheep that night. I assumed they'd be out there. And other people said, well, and, and here's the thing. I don't know if it was December 25th, and it doesn't really matter to me. We picked the day to celebrate the fact that Jesus did come. And so I can tell you this, if you may not know it's the 25th of December, I don't care if it's January 25th or February 25th or March 25th or April 25th or my birthday, May 25th. I never thought about that. But, you know, or June 25th or July 25th. The fact of the matter, there is more historical evidence. You need to know this. And more documented writings from that day and more historical evidence that Jesus Christ came to this earth, was born, and lived for 33 years in some of the historical records of the Caesars of that time. He came. He was born. He came as our Savior. And so I'm not going to worry, was it the 25th or the 28th or the 23rd? I'm just thankful that he came, and we're here to celebrate that on this day. Undeniably, he came. So let's think about that. Now it's December 24th. 2,023 years ago. And let's look at this. Remember the angel said, Mary, you are greatly favored. Mary, you found favor with God. God is with you. That every, wouldn't you love an angel to show up at your house to, this afternoon and say, hey, I want you to know something. You're greatly favored. Wow. You got favor. The favor of God's on your life. What an encouraging message. What, what an encouraging thing to, to hear. So, so what is favor? Biblically, what is favor? When we find that term, listen to this, favor is always connected to the purpose of God. God gives favor, not just randomly, he gives favor to fulfill his purpose. Favor is always connected to the timing of God. Uh, People have said this, one hour of favor can do more than a lifetime of labor in your life. You want to say that again? One hour of favor can do more than a lifetime of labor in your life. When God's favor comes on you, when God's favor is given in a a circumstance, it's because the distance from where you are in that moment to where God is going to fulfill his will is so great that only favor can get you there. Favor is like a divine current from heaven that picks you up in your impossibility and moves you to your possibility. Favor is necessary for unusual and uncommon success. That's favor. I could tell you more. So that, that's what the angel said to her. Mary, you found favor with God. But now, as I said, we go nine months later. It's Christmas Eve, 
It's the day before Jesus is born, and it's not feeling like favor for Mary that day. <laughs> so you ladies can relate to this better than I can. I mean, she's nine months pregnant, and she'd been riding a donkey all the way from Nazareth to Bethlehem. And she arrives in Bethlehem, and there's no place to lay down. And so she goes into a stable inside a cave. Now, let's be quite honest. We have our, our you know, rose-colored glasses and our happy moments, but you need to understand, at that moment, Mary wasn't feeling favor. You with me? It was, it was reality. And I'm sure she's saying, well, now, let, let me think. You know, I remember the angel said, I have great favor. And now here I am in a cold cave packed with smelly animals, and I'm laying on the hard ground, and I think I'm starting labor, and I'm waiting for favor to show up any time now. You ever been in that place? <laughs> so, so there she is. And, and then I thought about this. Pastor Phyllis shared this with me. I never, never considered this to this week. The Bible says the reason they had to take that journey to Bethlehem is that was the city of David. Joseph was a descendant of David. And, and, and so he had to go there. So that's where his family was from. So Joseph and Mary are in Bethlehem. Where are all Joseph's relatives? Why didn't they stay at one of their houses? Now, you know it's been a rough day when you ride a donkey and you're nine months pregnant and, and, and your in-laws won't even let you spend the night. Now, I know none of you have in-laws like that. Think about that. Where were all of his relatives? Where were all the celebration? He's there to pay taxes in his relative's hometown. And here they are in a cave. Now, Christmas Eve to Mary didn't feel like Christmas Eve to you and I. In fact... When you're on the eve of a breakthrough in your life, you don't know it. You don't see it. You can't feel it. But God's going to do something. So you have to understand, you may be on the eve of the biggest year of your life. You may be on the eve of the breakthrough you've been praying for. You may be on the eve today, and I just want to remind you about Mary's journey. Just because today doesn't feel like favor, it doesn't mean favor is not with you right now. Just because what you're walking through in this moment doesn't feel exciting and blessed, it doesn't mean that God forgot what he promised you when he said, I'm going to put favor on your life. And so sometimes the eve of favor has one you've got to work with. But see, we look back with hindsight on this, and we see this moment because we know what happened because of that. We know that heaven is about to step on earth. We know that the Son of God is about to wrap himself in humanity. We know that everything you and I have called impossible is about to come possible. Are you with me today? We know that everything that limited us is about to experience the unlimited power of God. We know, looking back on this, that all of heaven held its breath and the entire spiritual atmosphere of the earth was shifting because God was going to walk on this planet as he had never walked on this planet before. Mary was a part of a moment that in that small time frame, she couldn't understand. And she didn't know what would happen. But as you and I look back, we're saying, thank you, Mary, for birthing this baby. Thank you, Mary, for going in the stable. Thank you, Joseph, for being with her. Thank you, God, for coming. I'm so thankful when I look back on Christmas Eve, when I woke up this morning, I began to thank God. God, thank you. 
that this was the day before hell was defeated and heaven invaded this planet and every promise of God now had a reality to come into our life. This is when God walked into our broken, hurting, wounded world. It's so often we have developed a culture of victimization and people love to say no one understands me and no one knows what I feel like and nobody's for me I need to tell you something that's a lie because I know a God who knows how you feel and walked where you walk and loves you more than you love yourself why because a baby came born in a manger and the humanity our weakness wrapped around his deity can you imagine the angels in heaven When Jesus, I don't know what it looked like, I don't know what it felt like, but in preparation for his birth, before he left, he took all of his privileges off and laid them down in heaven. I don't know if it was like a soldier taking off his armor. I don't know what it looked like. I'm not sure what it sounded like, but he loved you so much that he took his privilege of deity, not his nature, but his privilege, and he left it in heaven. And said, I'll be back in 33 years and put that back on. But right now, I'm going to come. And I'm going to humble myself. I'm going to, uh, the God who created the universe. I'm going to have to let a little 17-year-old virgin carry me around. I won't even be able to walk. The God who spoke and everything came into existence is going to have to learn how to talk. The God who created everything that's good and kind and great is going to depend on the mercy of a little couple to make sure he doesn't die. What trust, what humility, what grace, what love, all that happening on that eve. And earth had no idea what was about to break out. Are you with me? See, do you know that on the eve of your breakthrough will be the hardest day you'll ever face in your life? How many heard what I just said? Do you know... On the eve of your breakthrough is going to be the day you most likely feel like giving up. It's when you said, I've gone as far as I can go. It's kind of like Mary who's carried this promise nine months. And now she had to get on a donkey. And now her relatives won't even let her in the house. And now she's out in a cave. And there's not even a cradle for the baby. And they're putting hay inside a manger where animals had just been eating. And I'm going to tell you at that moment, her humanity, like you and I were probably saying, I don't think this favorite thing is what I thought it was going to be. (laughs) I don't think this promise is what I thought it was going to be. In fact, I think I'm just going to quit and give up on this thing. But she didn't do it. And I'm going to tell you today that God wants to step into your moment. And you may be on the eve of some of the greatest answered prayers. Some of the greatest breakthroughs you've had. Healing in your body. Deliverance in your family and home. Prodigals coming in. In fact, I, I, I just sense that you need to grab hold of the promise of favor again. And realize that God is who he says he is. And God will do what he said he will do. And on this Christmas Eve, we need to say, you know what? If Mary could finish, I can finish. If Mary could get to the end, I can get to the end. Because God has something prepared that on the eve, you don't know it. It's the eve. It's the day before. Or we look back and celebrate like today. But when you're on this side, you have no idea. You know what I've learned about serving God on the eve? Think of this. Uh, One day before obedience, God doesn't make sense. What does that mean? One day before obedience, God doesn't make sense. He's telling you to do something that he knows is going to work. That's for your favor, but we don't understand it. And we don't want to do it. 
And so sometimes our disobedience has robbed us from the favor God has assigned to us. See, on this side of obedience, it looks like, God, why would you ask me to do that? God, why would you want me to do that? God, why are you asking me to do this? But when you obey him and look back, this is why. Oh, now I see. Now I understand. Now it makes sense. Can I encourage you today? Don't disobey him on the eve of your breakthrough. Don't turn, don't turn back on the eve of your breakthrough. It's that moment where you have to decide, God, I'm just going to trust you because favor is about to be revealed. Do you know provision is coming? Those wise men were on the way. Come on, can somebody say amen? But you got to get to Bethlehem. You got to be where God wants you to be. And, and, and on that eve, you don't know who's about to knock on your door. On the eve of favor, you don't know three wise men whom you've never met are coming to your house bringing gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Do you know right now, I believe that God has provision moving to you. I believe God has provision moving to this church. I believe God has what you need on the way. Are you listening to me? I believe the camels are about at your house. I believe they're about to unload the camels where you live because you've been faithful on the eve of favor. You and I are going to finish strong because we know that God sees something we haven't seen yet. That's why we celebrate Christmas Eve. Provision. Emmanuel, God with us, is right at the door. Right at the door. He's coming. You know, sometimes... You need to be reminded that when you carry, listen to me, when you carry destiny, when you carry the purpose of God for yourself and for others, sometimes it gets heavy. Sometimes carrying the will of God gets a little heavy in your life. Think about Mary carrying that baby. Think about that. Have, have you ever thought that, uh, that the, the more, think of this, the greater the promise grows, the greater the seed develops. I want to challenge you today. Are there some dreams that you're about to let go of that you need to take a grip on again? Are there some callings on your life that you walked off from you need to take hold of again? Are there some promises that you've almost let go of you need to take hold of again? Because you see, that seed he puts in you, that dream, that promise, that plan, that purpose, the more it develops, the heavier it gets. I notice it's not as hard. Again, I'm speaking second person. I don't know. So ladies, don't let me offend you. But I notice it's not as hard early on for the ladies, or it appears to me, except for morning sickness. It's not as hard to carry that baby in first as it is at the end. But what you need to understand, what's happening, that baby's developing. And the load's getting a little heavy because the time's getting closer. And you know, today, maybe you've gotten a little weary in your walk. Maybe you've become a little concerned it's not going to happen. Maybe you're carrying a family in your prayers, and, and, and it's getting a little heavy. And you know, it feels like it's gotten heavier. Listen, I want to encourage you today. You're on the eve of something right now. Because the reason it's heavier than it used to be is that you're closer to your breakthrough than you've ever been before. The reason you're carrying something that is taxing all your energy. And, and, and you know, that baby is, uh, mom's feeding the baby and mom, huh? And, and so, so, so see what happens. The baby's getting heavier and, and you're expending more and you're wondering how much more I can take. I've got a declaration for you today. You're not going to fail. You're going to give birth. You're not going to give in. You're going to see God do what he promised he's going to do. And just because it's heavier means it's nearer than it's ever been before. That's the favor of God on your life. It's what Eve is about. It's the Eve of favor. See, 
It means that the place where the promise began in that womb is no longer big enough to hold the fulfillment of what God said. So God's going to have to move us off of where we've been into a place greater so there's more space and more opportunity and more room for God to do everything he's promised. I want to tell you today, you need to get ready to expand your prayer life. You need to get ready to expand your devotion time. You need to get ready to expand your worship time. You need to get ready. You know, if you if you used to come and worship and sing and dance and praise the Lord, and now you sit and watch, I'm going to challenge you. Get up off your chair. It's time for you to get back in the game. It's time for you to get back in the game. Back in the game. You know, some of us used to really love the Lord, serve the Lord, have the joy of the Lord. We kind of become spectators now. Well, I'm going to tell you that little place you're in is not big enough for God to do what he wants to do in your life. And it's time to create some space and let God birth his will and his plan and his purpose. You're on the eve of something great. Don't stop it right at this point. See, sometimes favor is preceded by a little bit of labor. A little bit of labor comes before favor breaks out on your life. God has big plans. But they often begin in very small packages. Little baby, little baby. Isn't that amazing? God's going to step on the planet, change the world, bring salvation and grace, defeat death, hell, and the grave. And it starts with a little baby. That plan God's working in your life, don't despise those small beginnings. Don't despise the small things. God can turn those into big things. God will take you where you are. Stop waiting for someday. How many are listening to me right now? Stop waiting for someday. Start where you are. Do what you can with what you have. You're on the eve of a breakthrough in your life. You're on the eve of favor coming in your life. You don't wait for favor to labor. You start laboring where you are and favor will find you. You start doing what you can with what you have. God gives us small packages to see if we can handle big plans. How many heard what I just said? God will give you a small beginning to make sure he can trust you with the big finale. He'll give you something small and watch it develop and see if you're ready for the breakthrough, the eve of what's going to happen next. You see, your favor might be like Joseph. Joseph was in the prison for doing nothing wrong. Are you with me? He was in prison. And yet, one night he's there, having been forgotten by the men whose dreams he interpreted, having been lied on by Potiphar, who was faithful to. And he wakes up one day, and he's in that stinking prison. And the next day, the cupbearer remembers Joseph interpreted a dream. And he tells Pharaoh, there's a guy you need. And he jerks him out of that. See, they, uh, Joseph could have given up in that, in that prison. He could have said, what good is it? But he kept staying faithful. He kept doing what he needed to do. And so that night, Can you imagine that night he went to sleep in that Egyptian jail? He had no idea he he was on the eve of favor. He had no idea that the next day Pharaoh would call him out of that, that prison and he would have a place in the palace. It just works that way. Esther was praying. She told her maids around her maids and those attendants, she said, we're going to pray and fast for three days and then I'm going to go before the king. And if he, if he gives me favor, I'll save my people. If he doesn't, I'll die on the spot. And so the night before favor was on her life, she didn't know what the day would bring. But she was faithful. When you're faithful where you are, favor will find you on the next day of your life. It goes again and again and again and again, the faithfulness of God. One day David wakes up 
And he's out keeping the sheep. Listen to me. And he's been wondering. The prophet had already come to his house. He had already poured oil on his head. He had already told his fathers and his brothers, your boy is going to be the next king. I don't know if they didn't believe the prophet. I don't know what their problem was. If they'd come to my house and poured oil on one of my kids and said, he's going to be the king, I might have done something different. What about you? But you know, at the end of that day, what did they do with David? Get back out and watch the sheep. So maybe your family hasn't recognized what God wants to do for you. Maybe your friends don't recognize the anointing that's on your life. Maybe the people around you seem like they're tone deaf to what God is doing. But one morning, David woke up watching sheep. And the next day, his dad said, you need to go check on your brothers and take them some food. But he had a divine appointment with a favor of God to kill a giant. You see, on the eve of your breakthrough... You never know what's going to happen the next day. On this side of it, we don't see what God is doing. We're not able to comprehend what God has in place. But when God puts it there, if God is for you, who can be against you? If God's timing is set, you and I are going to stay faithful. So the last thing I want to say before we move on is this. Israel, think of it. They had been slaves for 400 years. They were in this Egyptian bondage, and it looked bad. And Moses told them to do something strange. He said, you need to go tonight and you get a lamb and you take the lamb's blood and you save it and you cook that lamb and you eat that lamb. And before you go in the house, you put his blood over the doorpost of your house and then whatever you do, you don't come out of that house tonight. It's a scary night. It was an unusual night. They had never done that before. But while they were there on the eve of their deliverance, All they could do was trust that the blood was going to protect them when judgment passed over. I'm going to tell you today, I'm covered by the blood of Jesus. You're covered by the blood of Jesus. And I may not understand the night I'm in, but I know if I will stay under the blood, if I will do what God called me to do, I'm on the eve of something that's going to be worth waiting on. You know, I don't understand this. I've seen it twice, and I can't comprehend it. Listen, (laughs) Uh, the, the reason or the fact that a woman will have a second child is beyond my imagination. I don't understand it. I've, I've been a eyewitness twice. And I've got to tell you, if that had been me, there had never been but one baby born in this family. First time, shame on you. Second time, shame on me. All you husbands, you better listen to your pastor. You better thank God. Your wife ever let you hold her hand again after that? That's all I'm going to say on the G-rated audience today. But something happens. Come on. Listen to me. You guys with favor on your life, on the eve of a breakthrough, listen to me. Something happens in that moment. The joy, I've seen it. That, that woman, I mean, I'm scared me to death. I thought my wife's going to die. I mean, I'm nervous. I'm sweating. I know she was. I'm sweating bullets. You understand? And, and the first one was quite a while ago. And our nurse was, I, I named her Helga, if you understand. I mean, she told me, the only people we care about in this room, she didn't want fathers in. The only people we care about in this room is your wife and that baby. If you faint, don't fall on the equipment. We'll get to you when we can. I promise exactly what she told me. And she was bigger than me too, so I didn't. So that was my atmosphere. So I'm scared Helga's going to hit me. 
And my wife is like, I mean, my God, I've never seen her. She's going through this thing. I'm like, uh. And then the baby comes. And then she's happy. Just like that. Just like that. I'm like, I don't know what to do. I mean, I'm looking at her. I'm watching Helga. I don't want Helga. I don't know what. What do I do? What do I do? Just like that. Just like that. Five minutes before that baby is born, if she got her hands on my throat, she would have choked me. And five minutes later, I'm a hero. I don't know what happened. I have no idea what happened. But listen to me. The joy of that birth will overshadow everything you went through to get to that point. Are you listening to me today? You have favor with your name on it. There are camels coming to your house. (laughs) There's favor with your name. You're on the eve of something. And when that birth happens, what you went through will all be overshadowed at the joy of what God's going to do. So can I tell you today, let's finish strong. Let's walk in this thing. Let's thank God for his goodness and his faithfulness to our life. All right? I want to call our worship team, and we're going we're gonna to do something here to remind you. This is what I want you to see. We're going to start. We're going to pass candles out. We're going to worship with some traditional hymns, Christmas songs. And I want you to look around this room. Listen to me as we do this candlelight service. And I want you to see initially how dark it is. And I want you to see what one light can do. I want you to see what the next light can do. I want you to see what a next light can do. And to me, it's a picture of awakening and revival across this nation. That it may look dark, but I've got an announcement for the devil. Awakenings coming to America. We're on the eve of a breakthrough. Anybody listening to me right now? We're on the eve of a breakthrough. You're on the eve of a breakthrough. There are, there are candles under rows. We're going to pass them down. I want you to get this candle in your hand. And, and, and our worship team wants you guys to come and get in place. God is faithful. How many believe God is faithful? How many of you know that God will keep his word? How many of you understand you may be on the eve of one of the greatest seasons of your life? Favor sometimes doesn't feel like favor on the eve, but God will do what he said. God will make it happen. Thank you for listening today. We hope you found this message uplifting and encouraging. If you're looking to connect in person, we gather every Sunday at 10 a.m. You can also find us online at calvaryassembly.org. And don't forget to follow us on our social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube for more content, updates, and to stay connected with our community.